Well, hello and welcome to the Edgewood 4G podcast. My name is Kyle Parks and I'm here with Pastor Brian Bill. And we're here, I believe, on our third episode today. So we're excited to be here to share with you some different things happening at the church and talking about the sermons and what's coming up. But Brian, today we're talking about one of the most exciting things, one of my favorite subjects in all of our faith, which is Jesus. Yeah. So we get to talk about Jesus today, which is great. He's right at the center, isn't he? He is. So I know you just preached a sermon this past weekend uh, on Jesus, who he is, the importance of him to our Christian faith. Obviously, he's everything. But uh, yeah, what was that like for you this weekend and preaching that? What was some of the response that you kind of got? And Well, again, we've commented on this. There's such a spirit of excitement, anticipation, people leaning forward, leaning in. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a real joy, right? Whether it's yeah. young adults or teenagers or during our worship services. So that stands out. And there's a lot of things we could talk about today, but there's there's one illustration that stands out, uh-huh. which captures it for me, is when I reference that for many uh, people see Jesus like a bobblehead, mm. that he just kind of nods, like whatever. He kind of has a smile on his face, and whatever you want to do, he's good with. Well, that's not true, right? Mm, yeah. And that kind of captures progressive Christianity and this stream of pluralism that that we're just being proselytized by in our culture. And uh, so in contrast to that like or caricature of Christ, Jesus is glorious. Mm. He's mighty. He's big. He's majestic. And when we lift up a big Jesus, we, you and I have talked about this before, like Kevin DeYoung's book, like mm-hmm. just how big God is. Give him a God with edges and a God who's holy and mighty. And when we lift up Jesus in his glorious gospel, um, I mean, how, how can you believe in pluralism mm-hmm. or settle for this syrupy progressivism? Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, Jesus obviously uh, said those words that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And so Jesus in that sense is is exclusive, mm-hmm. right? But you also talked about how inclusive he is, mm-hmm. talking about how he invites everyone in. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And uh, what we have to be careful, though, is in making Jesus our Savior, we don't make him into our own image. I yeah. think I think you're, you're just kind of hitting on that there. It's just, you know, using terms like my Jesus wouldn't do this or that. And we just have to be very careful. Mm-hmm. The Jesus that we know and believe in, is this the Jesus of the Bible? Is this mm-hmm. the Jesus of, of Scripture? And so we obviously bring everything back to Scripture there. But uh, yeah, I think a lot of people get very confused when it comes to Jesus and um, his different teachings and things of that nature. But I encourage people just, well, what does the Bible say? What does right. the Bible say about Jesus yeah. and his teachings? Obviously, everyone likes to accept Jesus as a prophet, or a teacher, you know, just sharing this with some of the classes I've been teaching, you know, so many different religions even, they hail him as a prophet, a teacher, um, a a great person to, you know, have a moral standard that we can, you know, uh, compare our lives Mm -hmm. to. But then when it comes to Jesus saying that he is God, and he's the only way to God, then people start having trouble with that but can they do that with Jesus when he also claims to be the only way to the father yeah um 
we live near the Muslim mosque, mm. and and I pray for that mosque. I I don't know the present imam, but I knew the mm-hmm. the former guy. And uh, on Sundays when it's nice weather, I like to run and pray f- as I'm running. And anyway, I end up at the Muslim mosque. And real interestingly, there's a sign out front now, like mm-hmm. a yard sign, and it says Muslims love Jesus. Mm. And that that caught me. Interesting. It is interesting. So what I mentioned uh, recently is I think we could say former Muslims Mm. who come to faith in Christ love Jesus, but the Jesus in Islam is not Lord, right? Right. He's he's not even Savior. I mean, it's they don't the Jesus in Islam is not the Jesus of the Bible. So for them to say Muslims love Jesus as if they're almost like Christians, it's it's not true, yeah. right? And so we need to we need to hold to doctrine. The book of Jude says to contend for our faith and, and the same could be said about, you know, Mormons and Jehovah Witnesses and a lot of a lot of cults, if you look at what's their Christology, that's a big word. It just means the theology of Christ, the study of Christ. If you hone in on who Jesus is, um, that's the essence of what we believe, right? Yeah. It's Jesus, Jesus as revealed in the Bible. And, um, and I, Kyle, I was mentioning this, mentioned this last week too, that for many people, uh, believing in Jesus is similar to adding an app on our phone, yeah. which really is like Hinduism, right? It's like there's already these millions, God, millions of gods. Well, let's just add Jesus mm-hmm. as another one. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. He's yeah. Lord. He's master. And as Colossians 1 says, he's supreme. He's preeminent. Uh, and he shouldn't just be prominent in our lives or just one of many things that that are important to us. Yeah, it's so interesting. And just so many people want to claim Jesus. You brought up Islam in particular. And it's so interesting how many Muslims don't realize how close Jesus is. If they would just read what the Quran says about Mm -hmm. Jesus, it's incredible. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Quran talks about Jesus being born of a virgin, being sinless, uh, performing miracles, um, went to the cross, they don't believe he actually died on the cross. Yeah, and there's no resurrection, the but there is a lot. Right. Yeah. And then also they believe in him coming again and judging the world. Yep. I'm like, <laughs> we believe a lot of that yeah, stuff, yeah. but they don't read the Quran in their original language. They they mostly study Hadith from what their imam is teaching them yep. from uh, the life of Muhammad. And so many of them don't realize how close Jesus really is and how highly regarded he is in their own faith. But even the Quran itself, it encourages Muslims, good Muslims, to read the holy books of which the Anjil, the Gospels, is one of them. And so I think there's conversations you can have with Muslims, with you mentioned Hindus, and then getting into obviously maybe a little tougher, but some of these, uh, you know, Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. But you have to understand who Jesus is in the Bible. You have to understand also mm-hmm. what these different religions believe so that you can have those mm-hmm. good conversations mm-hmm. and then ask them questions mm-hmm. uh, to, to come to some of those conclusions. But asking them, how did you come to this conclusion about Jesus? And, and did you know what this is, what the Bible says? Did you know what your own holy book says about Jesus? That's it's so interesting. Kyle. Man, that was rich what you just shared there about Islam. And 
just recently, I was listening to VOM Radio, Voice of the Martyrs. They have a podcast, which we highly recommend. It comes out once a week. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, they were interviewing a person who ministers in that part of the world where there's a lot of Muslims. Mm-hmm. And they've done some studies, and it's, it's interesting, in the Islamic Republic of Iran, I mean, that's in their name. Yeah. They now believe that only about one third of their citizens are Muslims. Right, you said that. I can't believe that. Yeah, and it's VOM radio, and then there's studies that go with that, and it just made me smile because we we hear of Muslims who are having dreams mm. about Jesus, yeah. right? And they're they're picking up the Bible, and there's broadcasts and podcasts where there's this deep hunger because. I guess at the core, Kyle, we should just say all these other religions, they don't satisfy the mm. deepest longings of the human heart. Our hearts are yeah. restless until till we find what we're looking for, and they don't promise you know, forgiveness and eternal life. A Muslim never has that certainty mm. and don't really know the, the God of love that mm. the Bible is all you know, communicates clearly. Yeah. Jesus is unique. I think that's so important. I believe at the end of the sermon, you shared the illustration of how so many religions, they see God as the the top of this mountain. Hmm. And there's different ways to get up there, but as long as you find your way somehow, you get to God, well, then you're good to go. But Christianity believes that God came down that mountain and 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 then was able to bring us back up yeah, yeah. if we allow him to do so and it Jesus is unique Christianity is is unique and i think people forget that they think oh it's just another religion but if you look at the tenets of christianity and what we believe it's completely different than other religions mm. it's not based on works mm. it's based on by grace through faith uh, it's based on uh, belief in Jesus and who we can seek to model our lives after because he was that perfect example that we see in the gospels and in scripture and i i encourage people all the time you want to get to know um jesus just read the gospels over Mm. and over and Mm -hmm. over again get to know jesus Mm -hmm. how did he interact with people how did he love people how did he show compassion on people and that'll show you exactly what you need to be doing Mm. with your everyday life And I think of like the Gospel of John at the very end. It tells us why the Gospel of John was written. These things are written so that you might mm. believe, right? Mm. So if you're looking for a place to start, Gospel of John, sometimes if I'm talking to somebody who's not a big reader, I'll say Gospel of Mark because mm-hmm. it's shorter. Uh, what, do you, what do you say on that? Yeah, usually John. That's John. where I tell people yeah. to start. I think that's just, it's rich. And, yeah. you know, if you could read some in the Old Testament, New Testament at the same time, Read the Psalms, because then you see the prophecies that are pointing to Jesus later on. There's so much good stuff there. And then, yeah, jumping into the book of Acts, where we're going to be in our Bible reading plan for next month. And just mm. seeing how the the church grew as a result of the Holy Spirit coming. Um, man, it's just, it's so good. It's so rich just to mm. see how God works in individuals and the church as a whole. Kyle, you've, um, so we've talked about the sermon, but you're also teaching several times a week on these mm-hmm. same topics. What, what are some discoveries, whether it's new or it's an older truth that it, God's bringing kind of a freshness to in your own study, particularly about Jesus? Yeah. Well, I love talking about Jesus, as I've already mentioned. <laughs> He's the founder and perfecter of our faith, and uh, we can model our lives after him. One of the things that's so interesting, and this blew me away when I went to Israel several years back, is 
obviously we see Jesus in Scripture, and it's so important, again, to, to read and to know him, and that's how we, we get to know him. But when we were there, some of the professors that were teaching there started talking about all these different examples of Jesus um, throughout history that different historians have written about. And I didn't know about any of those. I had never heard of them. So there's kind of these extra biblical sources that confirm not only who Jesus is, but perhaps he was exactly who he said he was. And so people like Tacitus and Josephus, these guys that talked about him, how this Jesus uh, had followers and was perhaps the Messiah even after performing these miracles and had been um, put on the cross by the Jews. And it's just it's just amazing to see that. And I think that's just important. I think it's just a good apologetic is just knowing history. And there are things that we can confirm. Obviously, we believe everything the Bible says, but we can confirm also from historians that these are indeed true and they can just add another layer of evidence, I think, mm. that we can have. And so I love sharing that with people. Uh, I love sharing, um, you know, that that Jesus is highly regarded in, in other religions. And so why is that? Why is Jesus so highly regarded? Why is Jesus the most well-known, famous person who has ever lived? Why is the Bible the most read book of all time 10 times over? Yeah. I mean, these are just good questions. That doesn't mean it's true, but these are things that people need to ask themselves to realize, well, maybe I should take Christianity more yep. you know, seriously. Maybe yep. I should take Jesus seriously because of these things. Why are so many people follow him? And I think asking those questions of people, if they're seeking after truth and they want to know, I mean, you have to take Christianity and the, the faith seriously. And then the other thing is that I love is uh, having hearing different people's stories, Lee Strobel, Josh McDowell, and others who- Jay Warner Wallace. Warner, yeah, Wallace literally went out to disprove Christianity. Yeah, I love it. And after looking at the evidence, found it to be true. And they could do nothing but believe at that point. Yeah. And so that just goes to show, and those are really crazy smart guys, intellectuals, and that they were trying to disprove it, and they came to the they conclusion it. that it was true. Especially so, the resurrection. Yes. That's, that's really what caught them. Yeah, yeah. Lee Strobel, he calls that the linchpin of Christianity. Yeah. And so if you can show that the, the resurrection is true, then you can see that everything else is true. Yep. Everything hinges on right, right. the resurrection. And if he wasn't raised, our faith is futile, right? That's what Paul We're says. Our faith our is in vain. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think the evidence is there, and uh, but people, they they stop short and they don't, they don't study it because they think, oh, Christianity, on the surface level, they think, all the politics today. They think yeah. the, the, the things, the scandals happening in churches, oh, that's Christianity. And what I encourage people is, well, you need to look into Jesus. Mm-hmm. Who is Jesus mm-hmm. as revealed in the Bible? Who is Jesus when mm-hmm. it comes to history and, and those kinds of things? And uh, praying and asking Jesus, if you're there, show me mm-hmm. who you are. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know you mm-hmm. uh, through your word, by your spirit, encouraging people to, to that. Mm. Well, you were talking about historical evidence. I think one one question we could ask, and we've talked about this, a great evangelistic uh, method isn't so much memorizing this monologue, mm-hmm. it's simply asking questions, yeah. right? And uh, one question is, you know, why do you think our whole uh, calendar system mm-hmm. and our yeah. our history is divided between BC and yeah. AD? 
Yeah. I mean, something huge happened, yeah. right, to do that. No one else, they're, they're not doing that for anybody else. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's a pretty big deal, you It think. is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's some great scripture passages, too, you know, that you preached on um, in Colossians and John, uh, Hebrews, Philippians, that just... Uh, reiterate the fact who Jesus is. Jesus mm-hmm. is God. He is the Son of God. And I think, again, people might try to say, oh, Jesus is a teacher, or even even make that claim that Jesus never claimed to be God, which if you read the Bible, it's just not true <laughs> yeah, at all. True. I don't know where people... Before Abraham was, I am. You know, where, people, <laughs> yeah, where people get that idea. But it's very clear who Jesus is, who um, uh, who we believe he is, but also his, his followers, too. Um, there's therefore now uh, salvation, no one else. There's no other name under her, heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. His uh, followers believe that as well. And that was the message that they continued to spread uh, for the years to come. And I think this is another great apologetic too, you know, when it comes to Jesus and the resurrection and his disciples and themselves. You know, his disciples claim to have seen Jesus resurrected. <laughs> yes. If they had made the whole thing up, if they actually didn't see him and just said it, uh, oh yeah, yeah, we saw him. How long would they have been able to keep that lie going? No, they no way. Right? Would they have died for that? And then like over five hundred people saw him. Right. And- so others saw him. So they believe it to be true. Not only that, they went to persecution and to death because uh, they believed it to be true because they actually saw him. And so I, I love the the apologetic of the disciples themselves. Uh, I think that's huge. You read church history, you see they all died martyrs' deaths, yeah, and and they 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 believed that because they saw him and his resurrected body. Mm-hmm. Book of Acts says they they turned the world upside down. Mm. You know, something turned their lives upside down, and they were committed to the message of the resurrection, yeah. and even preaching that to groups who didn't believe in the resurrection. They, I mean, they were bold, uh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I encourage people in this is, you know, you believe in Jesus, you've made him your your savior because we want to be saved from our sins because we need uh, that perfect sinless substitute. But have you made him Lord? Have yeah. you made him Lord of your life? Yeah. And I think a lot of people can say, oh, yes, I've made Jesus my savior. I'm on my way to heaven. But we get so focused on that that we forget that mm. um, he's our Lord. Mm-hmm. Um as well as our savior and we need to treat him that way and what he says goes and he has a command and a mandate for us um, to love him with our heart soul mind and strength and our neighbor as ourselves, and to fulfill the great commission to go therefore and make disciples of all nations and uh, we have a job to do and to continue to spread the good news of the gospel and the gospel is spreading but there's still many unreached people groups around yeah, the world. And, exactly. and we talk a lot about that a lot here at Edgewood. Yeah. We're seeking to find ways to, to continue to spread yeah. the gospel and to reach them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when you were saying that, I was just thinking of a couple verses from Colossians 1. Mm. He is the image of the invisible God, mm. the firstborn over all creation. For by him... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
The last several weeks, Kyle, in this series, the Lord has taken me to uh, passages in the Bible that describe the throne of God. Mm. And it's really interesting. I didn't say, well, I'm going to go read those. It's just where I, where the Lord led me. So I've been in first three or four chapters of Ezekiel, uh, Isaiah 6, and most recently in Revelation 4 and 5. And the picture of Jesus there, you know, and they're looking around, no one was found worthy. Mm. And Jesus is the, the lamb who was slain and the lion from the tribe of Judah. And people hitting the ground in worship and that's what we need we need yeah. to recapture that right that that he's not this um this vending machine that we mm-hmm. like hey i need this i need that and we then we get mad when we don't get what we think we want yeah. no we we should be bowing before him and like you're saying uh, our values following his values what he values we should value what he says we should believe and his heart for the nations his heart for our neighbors um, that, that we would live all out for him because he deserves it yeah and there's that picture in revelation 7 where it says there will be people from every yeah. t- tribe tongue and nation <laughs> yeah. uh, before the throne praising god um, and man i look forward to that that day and but just knowing that there's still work to be done there's still people to be reached and so faithfully sharing the gospel here but then also sharing the good news to the ends of the earth and so that people can have the opportunity from every tribe tongue and nation to worship Mm. jesus and Mm -hmm. make him lord Mm. and savior of their lives Kyle, I don't know if it's okay with you if we transition, yeah. maybe look ahead a little bit. And if I could maybe ask you a question here, you've spent a lot of time working with teenagers, you're still with young adults, and you're discipleship pastor. So this is this is where you're living in that. Um, it, just in my preparation for this weekend, I've just been reminded, so many people say, I have my truth, mm. you have your truth. How, how would you address that, or how do you address that with students or young adults in particular? Yeah, when it comes to truth, true, truth is something that is true. And we believe as Christians that there's a thing such as absolute truth, yep. or an objective standard of truth. And so truth isn't what we make it to be. There either is something that's it's true or it isn't. There you go. <laughs> so, so when people say your truth, my truth, like that just doesn't make sense for what the word means. If they want to come up with a different word, fine. But when we're talking about truth, we don't want to be changing the definitions of, of words as a lot of people in our culture are, are doing. And so I think um, when people throw out, you know, truth is relative, or, you know, there is no such thing as absolute truth. Well, they're making an absolute truth <laughs> yes. statement. Yeah, that's good. And so yeah. I, so you ask people questions, and, well, how do you know that unless you know all things, unless you have a complete knowledge of the truth? Yeah. And so I think, to, again, just it comes back to asking people questions. And, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, is truth relative, those types of things, we, we, we don't actually live that way in, in our daily lives. People don't live that way. They, they, they live their lives in a way where there is such a thing as truth. And, and they have things in their mind and in their life and in their heart where they take very seriously as if, it, as if truth is something that is actually 
True. And so I think just asking people questions, bringing them back to reality, yep. I think is key because people just get caught up in the different, the the mindset of the times and the verbiage that people are using. And just asking them, does that a statement you're saying or the things that you're believing, does that actually make sense in reality? Right. It's like you have a Chick-fil-A cup here, so uh, listeners can't see it. But imagine I have this on the edge of the table mm-hmm. and I knock it off. What's yeah. going to happen? It's going to spill everywhere. The law of gravity, right? <laughs> and I could say, well, I don't believe in the law of gravity. Right. Well, tough, yeah. right? Yeah, there's truth. Right. There's absolute truth that things are going to happen a certain way because that's how God set it up yeah. and, and in the Bible. Or like uh, a square is not a circle. Mm-hmm. A circle is not a square. It, yeah. It's one or the other. So just to your point, I think if we can help people who say, oh, you have your truth, I have truth, or I don't believe in truth, or whatever. Whatever. I, I like what you said there. Actually, you do. Yeah. You do have some truths. Yeah. Uh, you're going to believe this chair we're sitting on is going to hold us up. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of things like that. Yeah. So I think you, you bring people to the Bible. I mean, obviously, you can have a philosophical argument and discussion about it. But ultimately, we believe as Christians that truth is a person. Yeah. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And uh, I think people if you can help them understand that, that that is what we believe. And if Jesus is the author of truth, because he's also the creator and sustainer of all things, then we can believe everything he says is true. Yeah. But first you have to come to that conclusion. The Holy Spirit has to show you that he is in fact who he says he is. And, And God is doing that. He's bringing people to faith in him and they're some of the most hardened skeptics, you know, that we've yes. talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People who are atheists or agnostic who would say they would never have believed. And somehow they have some sort of spiritual experience. Something happens. Are they reading the Bible or looking at the evidence or God's spirit just showing them, revealing? And then all of a sudden they believe. So something has changed there and the truth has been revealed to yep. them. Yep. There, I, I've been just focusing on that question that even non-Christians quote, like, what is truth mm. that Pilate said yep. to Jesus? And they're talking about kingdoms, and he, Pilate's trying to figure out, you know, Jesus claims to be a king. You know, are you a king, and what kind of kingdom do you have? They're kind of going back and forth there. But when he says, what is truth, what strikes me is he doesn't take the time to realize that truth is standing mm. right in front of yeah. him. And that very next verse, it says he went outside. It's like he he left. Mm-hmm. He he got away. But if you follow what he did, he was trying to get Jesus off. So he knew Jesus wasn't quote guilty, but he he didn't he was not willing to to really pay the price for believing the truth either. And yeah. there there's a cost there. But but what strikes me is we're all searching for truth. Mm-hmm. And I love how you said that truth is a person. Mm-hmm. Truth is Jesus. And um, and in, even in Acts chapter eight, um, that where Jesus Jesus is talking about the truth shall set you free, mm. that gets used out of context all the time, <laughs> right. right? It's it's the truth of politics will set you free, or the truth of this will set. No, he's talking about himself because yeah. he talks about being free from sins and not being a slave to sin. Only Jesus can do that. So, in in bowing before him as truth, as the truth. He can and does change our lives and sets us free from the bondage of sin. And then Acts 7 or John 17, 17, he sanctifies us in the truth. So we're saved by truth, 
we're sanctified by truth. He cleanses us and and we're forgiven. Um, yeah. And it all has to do with truth. Yeah, that's so good. I'm excited to see where you go with it. This Me too. Weekend. It's only Wednesday. <laughs> I'm not sure where, where it's going to land, but I'm enjoying studying yeah. for sure. But it's a huge topic. I mean, truth is, this has been one of these areas for, I mean, for many years now, especially in college campuses and universities and and just how this the word has changed. And obviously we don't believe it has, but things are being defined differently these days. Mm. And so we have to stand on truth. I think that's one of the biggest things in our culture today and, and in the church is standing on truth mm-hmm. uh, when the rest of the world is, is just going their own way or living based on their feelings and the lies of the culture. And we are at a, a time right now when people need truth. Yeah, I think they're hungry for truth, yeah. even if they don't know that that's what they're yeah, yeah. searching for. Yeah. They, they, they deep down want that. Yeah. Um, people are very skeptical today. Um, there's so many conspiracy theories and false what? news, and <laughs> there's so fake news, and I think people are just kind of fed up. They're tired, yeah. and they they do deeply down want to know truth, and so I think a message like this is timely and you're naming it the timelessness of truth. <laughs> the timelessness of truth, right. So I think it'll be good. I ran across a quote from Adrian Rogers. He's been in glory for a while, but he said this, it's better to be divided by truth than to be united in error. It is better to speak the truth that hurts and then heals than falsehood that comforts and then kills. It's better to stand alone with the truth than to be wrong with a multitude. It is better to ultimately succeed with truth than to temporarily succeed with a lie. That's good. That guy could preach, couldn't he? I think so. I think so. Well, Brian, we're looking forward to it this week in the timelessness of truth. And I want to thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, If you would... Uh, take a moment to leave us a rating and review on the different podcast platforms, whichever one you're listening to. And uh, our plan is to be here back next week, and we'll be on another topic uh, on identity, which is another wow. huge one. Yeah. And I think we'll have a lively discussion on yeah. that one as well. Just a, a little uh, teaser, if I could. Yeah. Uh, Albert Moeller today on his podcast, was, he's over in England, and Uh, There's this group from Oxford that are giving ratings to churches, Uh uh, one through five. And and the the rating in red are churches that speak the truth about marriage. And this group is naming those churches. And Moeller's just making the point is churches better figure out what they believe and communicate it. And the same for Christians, right? Um, We don't we don't want to clobber people. We want to, we're not going to compromise. We want to communicate the truth. Uh, We want to preach the gospel to sinners. We want to be clear what sin is, but compassionate toward those for whom Jesus died, right? They're not our enemies. And and that's probably a topic for another day, isn't it? But we can get into that for sure. Yeah, that that as Christians, because we're so burdened by what's happening, we can get angry at people and we don't want to do that. So. Yeah, Kyle, thank you for your uh, insight today. It's very helpful. Yeah, thank you, Brian. And thanks for tuning in. And we will see you back next week.